1: Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church.
0: Grace and peace to you and welcome to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you're created for and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10:10. 10, 10. And we are in a series all about the abundant life. And when we focus on our financial problems, we often make them worse. But what if the solution to our greatest financial worries comes not from fixing our problems, but from being set free from the fixation? Today's message is called Radical Freedom. Pastor Sean is teaching from the book of Matthew. It's time for Radio for Real Life.
1: Our series has been called, remember, Abundant Life and How to Pay for It. And we're talking about this idea of God's intention for us and how often finances can be a hindrance instead of, I think, the help and the blessing it's supposed to be. Well, we started last week by talking about this concept of blessing. We walked through the scriptures and saw this consistent theme of blessing. And remember, our main point was this. Understanding God's heart for your finances begins by understanding God's heart for you. One of the reasons people are so afraid to talk about money is because they're afraid of, oh, does God want to take my money? Does God want to keep me poor and humble so that I'll be pure, but he really wants me to be miserable because then I'll be a better Christian. Some people kind of have that idea. And I think I think it must crack the Lord up at the thought of Him, the Giver of everything. Everything we have comes from His hand. It must crack Him up to think that we're worried about Him wanting to be the taker. Yeah, it's that's not the way He rolls. God is the Giver. He is our Provider. He's our Father. And so understanding God's heart for your finances, I think, begins by understanding God's heart for you. And that's what we talked about, this heart of blessing. Now, last week, we got really good feedback from the message. A lot of folks were really blessed by it and encouraged. A lot of people had kind of their eyes open and their perspectives changed a little bit. But I had a couple people talk to me, and I so appreciated that they did. They were very honest. And they also enjoyed the message. However, they said it was very hard to sit through, and it was hard for them, because right now, they are not in a time that they would consider at all a time of blessing. Their resources are just under assault. Their job is something that they hate. They're just in a place where it's very hard to see God's hand of blessing. And so it's kind of hard to hear that that's God's heart, that's his desire, when right now my experience is pretty far from there. And so it was interesting. Some talked in person and uh, some others kind of sent emails and it it was really good conversation to be able to kind of process that. Because what it did, and I was able to share that when we started this ministry, I think we were in one of those times. It was very difficult. You know, there were years of time where we didn't get paid for our work through this work, and where we were so lean, and God was trying to teach us to trust him and not trust the conventional sources of funding. And so it was tight. It was tough. And and what was interesting is at that time— some of our siblings were doing much better, um, just friends, others who were doing really well financially. And, you know, the, o- only one thing's worse than being broke. It's like being broke around a bunch of people who aren't, okay? This is my best, my good advice, this is ser- seriously good advice. If you are broke, uh, go hang out with broke people, because it's like, well, we're all broke. You don't even notice it. Nobody has any money to go do anything. Let's go do nothing together. Okay, it'll be fun. Let's find something free to do. okay. Really, but when everybody else has resources around you and they're like, you know, hey, let's go fly here, let's go do this, and you're like, oh, okay, I can't fly like I used to. All right, fine. It's hard, it, and it was, it was very difficult. And that part was almost grueling at times. It's just like, oh, Lord, when's it going to be over? When's it going to be over? But we started to notice something, and we stopped saying, when's it going to be over? Because we started noticing the blessing of the Lord, It was still tight financially. It wasn't like large checks coming in the mail, right? But we started noticing that God was doing something in this little core that was starting this ministry. We started noticing some friendships that would be lifelong, life-giving friendships. We started noticing um, God's blessing, even though we were broke, even though we didn't have a lot of money. We started noticing that God was meeting our needs. It was very lean, but he was meeting our needs. We started recognizing, you know, God's blessing is all over this thing. And that's an interesting thing because we stopped kind of going, oh, can't wait to get through it, and started saying, you know, one day we're going to look back at this and think these, are, these are, will be the kind of good old days, you know, the song lyric. These are going to be those times that we tell stories about and remember God's goodness because he's so good, and yet we are so broke, and we don't have hardly anything in this time. And it was just an interesting thing. We stopped trying to rush through it. And I would say to you, because there's probably a good number of folks here who you would say right now, yeah, I'm in a pretty tough, kind of lean time, whether it's financially or something else. Uh, be careful about trying to rush through. I just, I would encourage you get with some other believers, start praying with some other folks, and start looking for the blessing of the Lord. Because sometimes uh, the relationships, the, the things he taught us, the unique, creative gifts he gave us in that time are some of the most precious things, precious memories that we have through the course of this ministry. And God's done so many cool things. I just look back at those times and go, oh, he was there and he was blessing. And I'm glad we stopped one another from trying to just rush through it and get out of it. I'm glad we said, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, there's good stuff happening here too. So I just encourage you, be looking for that. Now, uh, we, I I want to kind of kick off today with this idea that Abundant life, I think, is God's key. Blessing is what he wants to give us. But I want to suggest that money issues are one of those things that can suck the abundant right out of abundant life. And there's lots of different ways that can happen. A few of them are. Organizing your life around money organizing your life about money, being all about the money. i got to make more money. i got to hang on to what i got. I, your, your day is dependent on how the market performed with your retirement account or how your bank account is or whether or not you, you got a raise or are you going to get those extra hours. When your whole life is organized around money, I want to say that will suck the abundant out of abundant life. Spending more than you make, that's a financial thing that will definitely suck the abundant out of abundant life. And what's deceptive about it, it starts out feeling kind of good. You know, hey, look. I don't have to make all that much money. They give me these credit cards. It's wonderful. Spending more than you make. But all of a sudden, you know how that goes. The bills always come due, and it becomes a crushing experience. And it will suck the abundant right of abundant life. And of course, it begs the question, and if that's a struggle for you, the question is why? Why do I do something that is mathematically so suicidal when I know I can't make spend more than I make. I cannot spend more than I make. It's going to come back and bite me. What is it that sometimes does it? I think sometimes, and this is another one of those practices that can suck the abundant out of abundant life. Um, we will spend to meet needs. You know, you know, you're spending to meet needs. If you're a person who's had a hard day, had a rough day, and the thing, or had a rough week, and the thing that makes you feel better is going and spending some money, going and buying something. Now, nobody looking at someone next to you, don't do it. Each service I've had to warn. Look up here meet my eyes. So I've seen, I saw a couple people that saw last night throw their spouse under the bus on this one. It's like, well, not good. Abort. But yeah, if, if you're spending money and you go, you get a little jolt of feel good. It has nothing to do with, hey, I got a good price on something that we really needed. Great. You know, I'm talking about, you just go like to spend, you got some stuff and you know full well, I didn't need this. It's going to be in my garage sale this summer and I'm going to sell it for one one hundredth of what I paid for it. If, if, if you get a jolt from that a little feel-good, yeah, that might be a problem. That will suck the abundant out of abundant life, spending to meet emotional needs. Living in debt, which is obviously kind of just the result of spending more than you make. Living in debt is one of those things that crushes a lot of people and sucks a lot of joy out of life. Worrying about money, this constant thought about it, whether it's worrying about getting it, worrying about making it, worried about keeping it investing it, in just constant obsession and fear when it comes to money is not God's desire, and it will suck the abundant out of abundant life. And one last thing that I think will do that, all of these little different ways and combinations of them can be really deadly, but a, a careless approach to money, or not having any plan, I, I think that can really cause damage. You know, we, we understand, and we'll talk about this more in one of our other talks throughout the series, but, but resources are a gift from God, and, and there's this idea of stewardship, and we're supposed to take care of them and use them well. And when we do that, we begin to see them as a gift, and we begin to be be people who can be entrusted with more resource. But having no plan, and the reason a lot of people have no plan is that it's too painful to put a plan together. Because they just know, I'm living higher than I can afford, and when I start looking at it, it's going to hurt. And so I don't even think about it, and I just keep putting it off, and I'll just get through this month, and something will happen. Well, something bad usually does happen. All those, I think, are things that can suck the abundant out of abundant life. Now, there is a passage of scripture that, actually, uh, Mark McLemore, one of our pastors, brought it to our staff prayer time. And you know, this is the, what we call the parable of the soils, where Jesus compares the human heart to four different types of soil. And he says, there's those that were by the, fell by the way, and the enemy snatches away the truth. The word of God is a seed. He says, there's that, those that are shallow, and they don't take any root, so they dry up. There's... The third kind is this kind right here. He says, As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the seedfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. It chokes the word. Now note the two things he says, the cares of the world, the cares of this world. That's one of those things that you stop and think about all the cares and all the birds. And Jesus is saying this can choke that good seed, the good fruit that God wants to bear in your life. Burdens, fear. Right now, politics is, is, I thought when the election was over, it would settle down. Yeah, I was wrong. And we chuckle, but it's kind of not a bright, happy chuckle. Because it's, it's getting ugly and unpleasant. More and more. And that's a, that's a burden. That's one of those things that can just choke what God wants to do in your life. Expectations. All those are cares of this world. But what was interesting to me is he said cares of this world and then he listed a separate category, deceitfulness of riches, which he could have just talked about cares of this world. But this was so significant, so important, he had to have another category for it. The deceitfulness of riches. He saves a whole category for this because of how significant of a hindrance this can be if we're not careful. The deceitfulness of riches, the lies, the empty promises. Did you know that... that We have been lied to. That this whole idea of some of the financial things that we've built our lives on, we come to find out it's not true. If you talk to a person who's honest and introspective, who's made a lot of money and kind of gotten to the top of the ladder, so to speak, they'll honestly tell you about all the things they discovered money doesn't do for you. Yeah, it might make some things easier, no doubt. But they discovered some things it doesn't do for you, and they realized I was lied to gave my life to something, and it was a lie. The deceitfulness of riches.
0: And let's take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the pastor of River City Community Church, in this message called Radical Freedom, which is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org. Just look for the series called Abundant Life, where there you can even watch a video podcast of this message and series.
1: God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church.
0: And now back to the message, Radical Freedom. This is Radio for Real Life.
1: It's a powerful story about this in Mark chapter 10. We call the young man in the story the rich young ruler. And you remember the story? He comes to... uh, He comes to Jesus, and he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, you know the commandments. He says, well, I've done them all. And then Jesus looks at him, and it it says he really loves him. Look at at this passage. Jesus looked at him and loved him. Now, but lest you think, because what Jesus is about to say is really some hard stuff. You need to know this is said from a heart of love and a heart of compassion. You have to understand, it's not like Jesus was stern, Jesus was mad, Jesus was disappointed. No, no, Jesus looked at him and he loved him. You're like, well, he's Jesus. He loves everybody, okay? Well, it doesn't always, the writers don't always point this out. There's something unique here. Jesus has a heart for this young man. Somehow, this young man in his earnestness found a soft spot in Jesus' heart. And it says, he looked at him and loved him. And here's what he says, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Now, interesting thing. Um, then come follow me. Jesus didn't issue that command to everybody right away. Okay, we understand he invites all of us to follow him, and we, we understand that, right? But in the, in the scriptures, a lot of people came to Jesus. He ministered to them. He touched them. He changed their life. And they said, let me come follow you. And he goes, no, no, no. You go back home and tell people what God's done for you. This young man... He says, go sell what you have, give to the poor, and come and follow me. In other words, not only did Jesus love him, Jesus saw something, and invites him to come and follow him. I don't know if we're looking at the guy who should have been the replacement for uh, Judas. You know, a 13th disciple, I don't know. Because Jesus isn't light with words, he's not careless. He invites him to, like he did the others, leave what you have, like Peter, James, John, Matthew, said the same thing to all of them. Leave what you have, come and follow me. And so he loved him, and he invites him to come follow him. And he says, and you'll have treasure in heaven. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Stop and think about that. He says, I want eternal life. Jesus loves him. He sees his sincerity. He says, there's one thing you're lacking. Sell your stuff and come follow me. And his face fell. He went away. Sad, because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who's rich to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for someone who's rich to enter the kingdom of God. That's one of those phrases. It's this ridiculous word picture. But he's making a point saying how challenging and how difficult it is. I, I, I want to just stop here. Um, this, is a, this is not a game. That's what, that's what those passages are supposed to say to us. We often just blow by those passages because they're so hard to understand. We don't get it. it what, that, what Jesus is telegraphing here, this is not a game, and it should concern we Americans. It concerns us because we live in a culture, in a world, we've been raised in a world, in a country, in a nation. We are people with unprecedented access to wealth and to stuff. I mean, we look at that passage and go, oh, good, thank God I'm not rich. That would be terrible. Uh, I don't want that. I'm sorry. If we don't understand how rich we are, we're delusional. The poor in America do better than the poor in most nations around the world. They do, better, they do better than a lot of rank-and-file, middle-level people around the world. I mean, we live in a nation that has unprecedented wealth and resources at our disposal. I mean, stop and think about it, folks. We are the wealthy he's talking about. It's us. And that may, this is uncomfortable. I mean, I don't like this. I don't like the fact that this is real. This is true. Jesus isn't playing. And what I want us to understand is that what we're talking about today is some serious heart surgery. Before we can ever learn to handle money well, we have to detach from some extremely harmful perspectives and some damaging habits that we all have. And, you know, we didn't seek it, we were just raised that way. This is, we live in the most materialistic, consumer oriented culture ever to hit the planet. Nobody's close. And I don't say that in judgment. I don't say that in whatever. I just say, in in light of what Jesus just said, we're saying this is serious, and we've got to have some serious heart surgery before this goes on. The purpose and the title of this message is called Radical Freedom. And I use the word radical because I think the things we're going to hear are so basic, so so solid and biblical, but yet when we stop and think about them in application, it's like, this is radical. And we're going to have to decide what we believe today. The Old Testament gives a beautiful illustration, and, and it's, it's actually just what happened to God's people. You know, they were slaves in Egypt, God set them free, they left Egypt, and they were going to the promised land. And there's all kinds of stuff that happened, all kinds of applications, all kinds of illustrations that happened as they were leaving from Egypt, slavery, to the promised land, God's people learning to live free. You know, when they got to the actual edge of the promised land, a whole generation said, no, 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 no. let's just go back to Egypt. And they died in the wilderness because they weren't ready to be free. They still had too much of Egypt in them. And that is such a powerful illustration of us because for us to be transformed and and set free, whether it's in the area of our salvation, we have got to leave Egypt. We have got to leave slavery. And if we don't understand how serious our slavery is when it comes to this issue of finances and wealth and money and stuff, then we're never really going to be set free. Jesus is wanting us to know, this is serious. And we literally have to leave the slavery of Egypt before we'll ever enter the promised land of abundance and blessing and God's freedom that we're called to. That's why we're talking today about radical freedom. Jesus has some powerful things to say on radical freedom in Matthew chapter six. Why don't you turn there in your Bibles? And I want us to look, I don't want us to look, oh, what beautiful poetic language. Oh, I love this, you know, beautiful literary devices that Jesus uses, It's wonderful. I don't, you you can't see it that way. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount. This is as hard-hitting and direct, real truth as you're going to find. And I'm sharing it with us because I think God wants to bless us. I think he wants to pour out blessing on you abundantly. And for us to have that and experience that and to walk with him in that, we are going to have to do some heart surgery and get rid of some pretty damaging stuff. So Jesus on radical freedom, Matthew 6. I'm going to begin reading in verse 19. Look at what he says. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Look at this phrase. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you're taking notes, and jot down the word Heart. Just so want you to make note of a few of these phrases as they come. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. Would you make note of the word "eye"? Your eye is the lamp. Okay. We talk about the heart. Talking about the eye. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Okay, underline or or make a note of, write write down the, jot down the word serve. Okay, and and next to that, would you write the word hands? So we're talking about heart, we're talking about eyes, and we're talking about hands because that's how we serve. We serve with our hands. No one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore I tell you do not worry about your life what you'll eat or drink or about your body what you'll wear mark down that phrase worry and I want you to write down your your thought process your thought process or your thought life it's a powerful idea don't worry about your body what you'll wear it's not life more than food and the body more than clothes Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I'll tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans, that's the people who don't believe, the unbelievers, run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He's not saying you don't need them. This is not pie in the sky. This is practical. He knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Notice he talks about the heart, where he treasures your heart. The eyes, if your eye is clear. Notice he talks about about your hand, how you serve, and your thought life. Do not worry. Another translation says, do not be anxious. We are talking about radical freedom. That's what we're being called to, and it's is—it's our heart, it's our vision, it's our eyes, it's our hands, what we serve with, it's our thought life. We have areas of brokenness and of misunderstanding in all those areas, and for us to be set free, to be radically free, we're going to have to experience redemption in all those areas. Now, what's interesting is Jesus brings us to a kind of cool crossroads, and it's the crossroads between fear and faith. It's between fear and faith because he's saying, don't worry, don't be anxious, don't be afraid about money stuff, resources. He says, instead, you know your father needs them. Look at how he takes care of them. And he gives us this contrast between fear and faith. And he's saying these two things, they're little words, they're kind of similar in appearance, they both begin with the letter F, they're just kind just little words on the page. He says, they could not be more different They are absolutely, completely different ways of looking at the world, of looking at resources, and they will radically transform how you approach resources and money. Faith versus free. The question is, are we willing to be radically free? And so that's my question for you today. Okay, Before we go on, are you willing to be radically free? Because I promise you, God loves you, he cares about you, and he wants to set you free. He wants to set you free for blessing. He wants you to set you free for purpose. He wants your life to matter. But as I studied these passages this week, I realized, man, this is major heart surgery for us. If we're willing, there's great stuff to lie ahead. If we're not, we're just going to keep going around in circles and keep getting what we've been getting and miss
0: out on what God has. Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Radio for Real Life. And if you'd like to hear this full message called Radical Freedom or this whole series on The Abundant Life. It's available right now on demand at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotoma Park. With Service times on Saturday nights at 5 and Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Radio for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more